you've made it to Sprayspace, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the Sprayspace podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sprayspace podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I am graced by the presence of Chad. How you doing today, Chad? Howdy ho, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you took a walk in the rain today. Yeah. Got pretty soaked, but it was worth it. Good. Some nice quality time with the wife. That's right. So tell me, this week, did you have any piece of social media content that brought you joy? Let's start on a high note. Yeah, you know, this this thing was happening where I have been a member of an online forum that's uh, kind of a community about uh, guitar equipment and recording equipment and stuff like that. And I've been a member of that particular forum. It's called it's called the Gear Page, and the Gear uh, Page, the Gear Page, and uh, it, it got to the point where I was so involved with it, where even some manufacturers were sending prototypes of equipment to me. What type of equipment? So guitar speakers and awesome. guitar pedals and uh, stuff like that. Amps, lots of guitar amps. Like, see, I have too many of them behind me there. Yes. So my wife says, <laughs> <laughs> I use them all though. I swear they're they're all useful but uh so I was kind of uh, a little bit of an influencer there uh for a while and then I've kind of tapered off but the way those forums work of course is that somebody else comes along and is le- looking to learn a particular thing and they read that thread and then they comment on that thread and then I get notifications again and it's it's actually been pretty nice to hear and see that people are still learning stuff that I was able to teach uh many years ago isn't that the fun thing about online content? You know, we always used to hear or or even teach to teenagers, be careful what you put online, it'll be there forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing kind of the positive end of that, right? You put something online and, and sometimes, at least for me too, when I put something up, I don't know what the real value was to people right away. And sometimes it takes quite a bit of time for a piece of content to actually return its value. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing that that kind of content is still returning value and and providing value to people. So we have moved into the month of February. And in February, it seems fitting that our overarching topic for the month is social media as a means of human connection. Okay, we got Valentine's Day coming up. How are we connecting uh, with human beings through social media? So this week with just you and me, we're kind of going to introduce this subject. So what do we mean by social media as a means for human connection? How does it work? Um, What are some of the foundational elements of that? So you brought to the table one um, quote that I think is is really solid. It's been proven in a Harvard University study conducted across 80 years that human connection and healthy relationships are the number one and two drivers of longevity. So like if you want to live a long time, You've got to connect with people and have healthy relationships. It's it's science. Proven. Absolutely no question about it. So even the Harvards know, okay? Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me touchy-feely can't be proven. I, I won't allow it. So let's talk about some different types of online human connections that are possible. You've worked up a list, so why don't you walk me through those a little bit? Sure. You know, um, I was actually just talking about one that it's very important. It was an online community of of 
like-minded people that, that are geeking out, you know, uh, on these on these things, this uh, uh, recording, audio recording equipment and video recording equipment. So those people are like-minded, and, and it's just amazing what can happen when you develop connections that way with other people on the other side of the world. You know, I mean, it's 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 amazing. That is a cool thing, just having the ability to have these kind of niche groups. I think groups are a great place for that kind of niche, like-minded connection. Certainly, mm. you can develop that kind of community on a page, but but that like-minded intimacy that needs to happen to be able to form those relationships can definitely happen inside groups. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a part of a couple groups that are board game related and hmm. the type of, of, I don't want to say intimacy, but like really mm -hmm. the type of real human relationships that can form when you're sharing content back and forth and commenting on each other's content day after day, week after week for, for multiple years. I mean, yeah. that is that like-minded human connection that, that we're talking about and that we can accomplish through social media. Another cool thing about that is that I've noticed in my own groups is that it kind of transcends age. There is no mm. ageism. Uh, for me in particular, I'm conversing with these old dudes that were alive in the 60s when the guitar amps were in their golden age, you know, I mean, it was a tube amp technology and everything. And here I was, just this younger kid who loved the sound of amps and guitars. And I'm talking with some dude who's much older than me, and it's just really neat. Even, I mean, it also bridges region, like location, right? The board game groups I was talking about have people from, from almost 100 different countries in it. And that's been something that's super interesting, learning more about other cultures and other regions, um, other time zones, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it bridges that. The, the same idea, it kind of bridges some of those things if it brings people together for one niche-specific interest. Another uh, type of human online human connection could be personality types, you know. So uh, my wife is actually involved in this uh, group uh, that she really loves, and it's called uh, Nonprofit Happy Hour. And mm. so it's just a bunch of really like-minded people getting together and talking about running nonprofits, really. I mean, how dorky can you get, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> but she loves it, and I think it's great. Uh, yeah, similar interests is another one. Similar demeanor and communication styles. Um, there are all kinds of ways to communicate online with people who share your communication style. And it's ama amazing how smoothly that can go. I have a thought too. You you talk about similar, but I also want to bring up the idea of complementary. So hmm. complementary personality types, complementary interests and demeanor and communication style. Because sometimes, especially if there's like a single figurehead as a leader of a group or a page, et cetera, they might mm -hmm. not actually attract people who have similar personality types because they clash. I can speak from, from experience. I don't really love to follow people who are just like me because if I'm totally honest and vulnerable, maybe I feel jealous more than anything. Instead of inspired, I'm like, it almost feels like a clash mm -hmm. because there's maybe too much energy in the room or, you know, one person's energy is bigger and there's not enough room for another person's energy. Does this surprise you about me in the least? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think there's something to be said for the idea of not just similar, but also complementary. How, um, you know, a single leader might bring people who don't have the same personality types, but have complementary personality types. Excellent point. 
Yeah. You got one more on your list there, and it's my favorite. So I have laughter on there, and this is a human connection. Talking about different personality types, we actually all love to laugh. Doesn't matter if you're super serious most of the time or if you're goofball most of the time. We all love to laugh, and that's that's something that is a, a really great way to connect online is through laughter. Sometimes I even begrudgingly enjoy content. Like maybe I'm in a bad mood and something pops up and it just it's so good that it makes me laugh and I'm almost mad it made me like because I would have liked to stay in my bad mood, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But humor is something that I I think we'll continue to talk more about throughout the year too as a part of social media for good. But I have always had a pretty strong interest in humor as an element of content virality. Um, Maybe low key in my spare time, I try to create this equation, like an actual math equation that would estimate and analyze virality and humor, the presence or lack of presence of humor is a piece that amplifies any piece of content, even something that might be tragic or horribly sad or scary. When humor is added, virality always increases. So... Mm -hmm. I'm all Absolutely. for humor. I'm a, I'm a humor mm-hmm. proponent. Mm-hmm. I've always said that if I if I'm in a work situation and I'm like walking to the room and I don't hear laughter, uh, something's wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's always the best when people. It's one thing I love about Spry so much is that there's a lot of laughter. It's really great. So you know, it's easy to think about the very simple human connections that happen through so- social media with. Um, you know, post content that you're sharing and you're tagging people and you're commenting back and forth, et cetera. But there's other things that you can do online that are kind of creative types of human connection. Um, What are some ideas that you have that are kind of creative uh, social media or online human connection opportunities? So my wife used to get together with a group of friends pretty much every year for that particular friend's birthday and they would have a cake party. They all love special cakes, and uh, they have continued to do that throughout the pandemic. They just all gather their cakes or bake their cakes um, on their own time and get together virtually, and it's just a wonderful thing. It's still a wonderful thing. You know, of course, it's not the same as when you're together and you can hug and stuff like that, but you can still eat a piece of cake and describe what it tastes like and the other cake fanatics are going to be like ooh 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 so it's <laughs> it's it's still worth it so eating online virtual eating parties I'm all about this plan. Yeah, I think it was our coworker, Adrian, was talking about a company that she works with who did an, an online pizza party, on location pizza party, wherever everybody was, they sent a personal pizza to their door all at the same time. It's coordinated and everybody has a little pizza party. It's a great idea. Tell me more food options. Let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally would like a happy, the, the happy hour is this, like the best one. I did that with my buddy just a couple weeks ago. Actually, I think it was at the at the turn of the year. It was a kind of a New Year's thing that we did. And uh, these are my buddies from Missoula, Montana, where we were in a band for six years together. And we, we were in a band together. We lived in the same house together. We all went to college in the same place together. I mean, it's amazing that we don't hate each other, you know, after <laughs> something like that. 
But I was able to connect with with them, just like you and I are talking on Zoom. And we all had our our happy hour drinks, and it was really great. You know, one thing that I personally have struggled to recreate is some of those almost business networking type happy hours. You know, that used to be a space where a lot of us business owners who were responsible for business development would meet and and kind of have a bonding time, right? Because you could sit and talk as a group, and maybe there's structured conversation, and then you can kind of break off and talk one-on-one. And I have struggled big time to recreate that. I've got a, a networking group that I am on the board of, and we've tried to do some virtual happy hours. And, you know, we've tried a couple things like, okay, we'll send everybody a $10 gift card so they can buy, you know, some some alcohol of their choice or something. But mm-hmm. nothing has really quite recreated that in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah, it's an imperfect thing. Um, A couple other thoughts that I have of creative online connections is, you know, you've seen this huge boost in virtual events and webinars and courses and that kind of thing. And I think all of those are other opportunities that we can use uh, social media and tools similar to social media to still have a sense of, of togetherness and human connection, even if we can't necessarily be together. So let's talk about social media managers. Those of us who are in charge of running social media accounts or have businesses and it's our job to to post to social media, et cetera, what can social media managers do to build community through these online connections? You know, I think that the most important thing <clears throat> is to always try to provide value, which is great content. You know, um, people are consuming everything that you're putting out and it's it's all too easy as a social media manager to kind of kick stuff out, you know, uh, without too much planning or too much thought. And it's always worth it to plan that out and provide value to the community because you're going to get it back. It's going to come back to you. Um, it's uh, especially if you're responsive to the community, they are going to seek that out. Uh, Conversely, if you're not genuine with your responsiveness or uh, community interactions, they can sniff that out too. It's easy for people to tell if if you mean it or not. One of my consulting clients, Patrick Kerwin, recently said that one of the things that we have taught him through the consulting work that we've done together is that it's not even so much about the content, it's about the conversation around the content. (laughs) When I have so many people who come asking about what frequency they should be posting at, you know, should we be posting every day, a few times a day? I will try to slow people down and ask, well, could you actually provide value that often, right? Do you actually have it in you to provide pieces of content content that that would really bring value to people's lives if you put them out twice a day? And then could you actually be present enough to answer questions around all of that content? So the value idea of content really being um, valuable, it brings down the frequency. You know, you cannot be posting unless you've got a huge team. Um, But most of us who are listening to this podcast do not have a huge team. There's a few of us who are responsible. And so in order to keep that high quality value of content, sometimes we have to dial down the frequency of posts um, or else we're not going to be able to achieve that actual human connection that we're looking to have through social media. It makes perfect sense. And it's also super important to treat each commenter 
as a special person like we it, that's that's been the easy thing hasn't it with social media is that it's just it's anonymous and it's uh, so easy to treat the other person that you're conversing with as not a real person and it's the opposite should be happening okay i have a pop quiz for you we have a client that you and i work on that's a mortgage lender right and one of the pieces of content one of the campaigns we've been running lately is about their dog right frank the tank Okay, so we definitely utilize that dog to add like cuteness and humor to provide value for content. Now, we recently had somebody comment on it that said, I love posts of Frankie, but I'm not interested in a mortgage. Um, how do we respond to that person as a special individual person? How, how, how should we respond to that person? Isn't that an interesting question? And I say that's that's the value they're getting out of that content is just this entertainment that is just as important because you never know in the long run when somebody is remembering how great those posts of Frank the Tank were uh, they're gonna when it comes time that they need a uh, mortgage you know they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna aid in their decision making exactly I think we can honor the fact that that's what they get out of it and not you know not try to push them any way one way or the other because we actually if we're respecting them then it was pretty respectful of them to communicate that to us. It was clear communication, yes. Right. Uh -huh. You know, we yep. could probably thank them. Thanks for being clear. We're so glad you love Frank. You know, when it's time, we'll be here for you. You know, something yeah. something just mm -hmm. like that, where we're respecting their boundaries, affirming, and and leading to the opportunity for future connection in a way that might benefit us as well. And Frank is adorable. He's he's great. Uh, what kind of just, what kind of dog is he? I think. Uh, a bulldog? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's a French bulldog. There we go. I think mm -hmm. French bulldog. So, so cute. cute. <laughs> the the one thing that is also very important uh, in in addition to providing value is to always try to be giving, supportive, and helpful without the expectation of a return. Ooh, so that's tough, there, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's a lot of folks who are doing what they do because they know that they're going to get a return and that they're, they're focusing on that return. And isn't that great when someone, and, and this is where people can sense that it's genuine, I think, is, is when people do that because they want to, not because they expect something back. Let's think about it in a real life situation. And I think sometimes business owners maybe struggle to put this lens on. Um, if we think about social media as a form of customer service, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to simply a form of marketing, yeah. right? The way that you train your customer service people is not to sell, sell, sell. If you do, you're, you know, the, you're Wells Fargo back in early 2000s, where every time mm -hmm. you called, they asked if they could pitch you on another product and you have to say, no, you cannot, right? You would never pitch your person at your register to just be constantly selling, selling, selling more. Uh, it's just not a way to build good relationships. Um, so if we can think of our social media content as more of a customer service, a way to, to build our brand in the eyes of potential customers, as opposed to simply a form of marketing and a sales funnel, I think that's when we can make that, that real switch from, from needing a return for every piece of content and every piece of effort to knowing that we're doing the right thing by building human connection. I've always said that if there was one job that every human should be required to have, at least at some point in their life, it's some sort of customer service position where they understand the value of helping people. Amen. Amen, yeah. Chad. I agree 100%. <laughs>
<laughs> so you brought a really cool um a really cool piece of content here from Crystal Queck from Twitter. So she's got um, an acronym for the word community. So each letter has a phrase that goes along with it. So how we build community by Crystal Queck from Twitter. Let's go through it. The letter C, collaboration. You don't control the situation. I think a lot of social media managers, that's the thing is that like, well, we want to quell fires that start happening on our communities and, and all of that. But it's better if you encourage, and we learned this from Amy Ert, uh, the last podcast, it's better if you encourage the good stuff and teach and educate than to just quell with rules and punishments and punitive stuff. So that's C, collaboration, don't control. O is openness. We've already talked about being open and transparent in what you do. And it, it's because people can sense that. Uh, they can sense if you're trying to control the situation, trying to steer it overtly. Um, being open and transparent is just so important. And don't you think that the amount of content that we get online just shoved at us whenever we open up our phone to social media. It is so refreshing to have content that is open and vulnerable because most people who think of social media as a form of marketing are creating these polished marketing messages that, you know, are sugarcoating things and maybe aren't even necessarily true. They just might get a high click-through rate. Um, and so there is just something so fresh and wonderful about open, vulnerable content on social media, even coming from brands mm -hmm. um, that will drive that sense of human connection that builds community in the long term. Mm -hmm. That's another one we learned last week from Amy Ert. She oh. often says, I'm sorry I was having a bad day this time and I kind of snapped or did that and she's being vulnerable and open. And it's best, it's so good to lead with that too. You know, when, when you're in charge of a group or or you're, you know, the one posting on a page and maybe you've done something that you wish you wouldn't have done or is not aligned with your values. When you're the first one to come out and say it, it lets some of the air out of the situation and yeah. and allows other people to feel like they have permission to be vulnerable too. Next letter is the first M and that's mediation. You don't antagonize, you just mediate. So that's a, that's a skill, you know, to be able to listen to just listen and help people figure out what they are trying to say if they if they aren't communicating as efficiently or as effectively as they as they probably could. So yeah, it's uh, it's a skill to be able to stay out of it and basically mediate. And I mean, I'm sure that we've all seen what comment sections look like most of the time, especially if individuals are just kind of left to moderate their their own comment sections. Um, it can get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Um, so having somebody to mediate, you know, to redirect and open the conversation and provide guidance as opposed to even just deleting or blocking, if we can mediate, then we're going to have a better chance for human connection. Yes. The second M is magnetic. You should be magnetic and charismatic to inspire your community. So this one is, I think, is a little easier said than done. I was going to say, it's it's almost a little frou-frou of an idea because it's kind of hard to conceptualize how you do that in practice. Right. And I think what she might mean is that folks should find their place. I mean, their, their, uh, their community uh, where they are allowed to be themselves. And if you have a magnetic personality, uh, this, this is kind of a good place for you to be. The only thing that I can think of that is almost like 
logistics of how to be magnetic mm -hmm. is you have to really know your own values. It's like you said, kind of stay in your lane. You know, you own, you know your own values and you put that out, put that out, put, put that out. And that's what magnetizes, right? That's what brings people who align with those values into your community. Yeah. I always like to say it's not so much that like you do such a great job saying what your values are and people think they're so great that they want to come alongside you. What's really true is that people are seeing a reflection of themselves in mm. your content if you yeah. are aligned enough with values. So, you know, they'll see um, this value that they know exists in them. And that's why they're aligning with you. Not so much because they think you are so cool, but because it is a reflection of the parts of them that they think are so cool. Right. Yeah. The next letter is U. So utilitarian. This is where you reflect useful and practical content that your community can identify with. So um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on every single day that is just boring as hell. But <laughs> it needs to happen for communities to function and work well together as a society. And so you can call those things utilitarian. It's not the, the star who... Um, spoke so well in that conversation on social media and really showed the other people or you know <laughs> or anything like that it's uh kind of the the grease that keeps the wheels rolling yeah those those types of things might not be your your engagement uh magnets you know some of your utilitarian content it might not be uh, the highest engaging content but you do have to provide things that are informative. You do have mm -hmm. to provide content that has real meat and substance sometimes um, as part of your, your campaign strategy. The letter N is nice. If you're not nice, it won't pay back. And so we've already touched on this. Uh, uh, people can tell. Let people can sense when you're genuinely being nice and, and, and that usually means that you're doing it because you want to, not because you think you're going to get a return. What about the power of snark? <laughs> snark does have power. <laughs> there are some brands who I would say are great charismatic brands that aren't nice. Yeah. I think those companies are taking, those brands are taking risks doing that, but you, I totally agree with you that sometimes it works. Maybe they're attracting people who also are snarky and like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just kind of a way of that brand being. I think it's true to say that almost every one of us has a little bit of snark in them, <laughs> in us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's that identifying that one little piece that, oh, that was clever. Mm-hmm. Not, not nice, but clever. There is some balance that has to come from snark before it turns into like bullying, you know, mm -hmm. because so maybe there is still an element of nice in good quality strategic snark, you know, because you really can't go too far over before it doesn't feel good anymore. And it's yeah. funny. Totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, the, the late night comics, you know, Colbert, all these guys, they, they probably have that down to a T. They, you know, they, they probably have teams that help them figure out how far they can go with mm -hmm. with snark and everything. But yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Also, if you do it with a smile, I just got to say it works out better <laughs> most of the uh -huh. time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> OK, and so the, the I uh, is for integrity. This should anchor your actions or your community will sniff you out like i've been saying and uh isn't it isn't it true and and mm -hmm. if you if you don't have your integrity what do you have 
you know? Yeah, this is a big point Adrian always brings up, too, is that it will come to the surface. Like, mm. you know, it doesn't matter how much you try to polish or paint or hide or sugarcoat. Um, people will find out the truth. And when it surfaces, either you've got to be ahead of it and you know that this is part of who you are and it's just an open, vulnerable part of your your forward-facing brand, or it won't. And the people who aligned with you because they thought that you had similar values will fall off when these kind of things that you have done that are not full of integrity come to light. Mm, wow. Yep. I've been thinking about that ever since I had the episode with Lindy about how things, how social media can go wrong. And she brought up this idea of, of why does it have to be cancel culture? Can't it be growth culture? And you know what I thought is that cancel really probably isn't the right word for it because cancel, you're not being canceled. It's just all of the people who were aligning with you for a specific set of values. Mm -hmm. If they find out that you do not actually share those values, then they will fall off. Mm -hmm. And you, that doesn't mean that you're canceled. You just have to then, the, the ball is then in your court to build back up and build back up and build back up, hopefully in a way that is more in line with your actual values. Mm -hmm. um, so I think cancel culture isn't even the right, I get that it's catchy, yeah. um, but mm -hmm. you're not really being canceled as much as you're being exposed. Mm -hmm. And then it's your choice what you do after you've been exposed. It's, I totally agree. Um, and our friend Amy Ert talked about that and, and where it's you know, in the online forum, it's a, it's the difference between uh, consequences are, are not the same thing as shaming. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, when you are held by the society to account for things you've said or done, it's not canceling you out. It's it's consequences. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there's a difference between bullying and going after someone, which obviously is is negative and wrong. And uh, but but if people are just the society is holding you accountable for your actions, then so is it nothing, consequence culture? It. It is, and it, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> I consequence agree. culture, yeah, which is equally catchy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, but we like growth culture too. That's that's great. That's well, catchy. consequences can yield growth. That's for sure. Yeah. Have for me. Okay, and then the T is for tact. You be respectful. You show tact. Uh, don't type and mediate when you're mediating with with uh, other folks conversing don't uh, say something you're gonna regret and because you know everybody gets that little that i mean don't you get that that sense where you're like i'm not sure if what i'm saying i should be saying i've got a friend who is kind of my um she's my sounding board for most things and so you know i saw somebody's instagram story who you know, he was kind of professing this big value alignment and like an experience that I had had with him was so opposite of this value alignment. I like I like wrote a response, an Instagram story response and screenshotted it without sending it and just sent it to my friend. And I'm like, I, I would really like to send this. What is your feedback? Mm -hmm. She's like, what if we pretended that in another world you did send it? What, mm -hmm. would, what would happen, you know? Yeah. And so we kind of went through that. And, um, so that's super helpful for me is having a buddy who, yeah. who I can kind of be my sounding board. Um, another piece to that, to that T for tact too that I want to bring up is we, when we have gone to schools, middle schools, elementary schools, and we have done these um, guidelines for a healthy digital life, 
mm-hmm. presentations. One of the questions that we asked a lot, which I I got interesting feedback from, one of the guidelines we put up was be willing to say out loud anything that you're typing into your social media platforms. Yeah. And we asked the kids, do you agree with this or not agree with this? And a bunch of them said they didn't agree. Wow. Which I was a little confused about. And, and mm-hmm. I think that they were talking about things like there were maybe things that they weren't brave enough to say out loud uh, that they might be willing to type instead. And, and that's a little bit of a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to kind of go through that mm-hmm. during the presentation. You know, what is it? Why would you not want to say out loud the things that um, that you're typing in there? So I do think that that that's a good check for yourself too. Like, can you say out loud the words that you're typing before you put them? Because if you hear them coming out of your mouth, you might choose differently. And it's possible that that could be a generational thing, you know, where this, the, the, uh, current youth generation has grown up being able to mask their identity with their, with their online personas. And maybe it's a part of life. It's a great question almost live a little bit of a different uh, persona Mm -hmm. online than you are in person. Last letter is Y, and that stands for yield. And so this literally means that the yield of your community should be above the yield your brand might get. So this is uh, thinking in the long term. Your community is more important than the short-term gain that you may get making a decision. This is one of the things I think it takes time to learn. you know, I've had I've had Spry our business for about 10 years and it's a lesson that I think I still really need to work on. When I talk to my mentors, they sometimes say things like, "Okay, well whatever we choose, it needs to create the best outcome for the customer. It needs to create the best outcome for the community." And I think I still after 10 years don't always think that way, and sometimes I need a mentor to to kind of flip me from the kind of preservation and safety mode that sometimes we get in uh, as human beings and, Mm -hmm. you know, open up to this greater community. And if we put the effort and make the priority, the community, then the yield will be for the community, but then it will also be for the brand. Um, But I think sometimes it takes time to learn that. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm a lot older than you. And so I can remember when the, uh, the business world literally hid behind this facade of that the the board of directors is separate from the from the consumers mm. and uh, separate from the uh, the employees and that's a shielding mechanism it's just a it's it's like it's an accountability shielding mechanism that amazes me that that's what is taught in business school and the the whole idea of corp- corporate social responsibility is really just a newer thing you know but I do think it has totally caught on and is becoming more important to people like us who are trying to understand it. Especially because, you know, I I had a conversation or or listened to, I know what it was, I was listening to another podcast. It's funny that I I thought I was having a conversation, but really it's a podcast I was listening to, (laughs) Human Connection. Um, and in the podcast I was listening to, it was talking about how it's not like you, you can't start like a Staples or an Office Depot anymore. Like you couldn't be like, I'm going to do the next retail, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. There's no space in the market for that right now. Mm-hmm. And so what there is space in the market is for these smaller micro brands that are so focused on value alignment and building these small communities. That's 
the only place where there's really good space to grow from a business perspective right now. And, and so I think that it puts more and more and more pressure on business owners to follow all of these, these community, um, like what crystal has put out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do it now. There's, there's nothing mm-hmm. you can hide behind these days. Okay. Well, I think this was a great discussion about introducing social media as a form of human connection. Are there any other points that you wanted to hit on before we call it fairly good? No, I think that's good. Okay. Then I want to wrap up with my favorite question of the year, which is how are you doing with social media right now? When we're talking about social media for good, we're certainly talking about social media managers and the responsibility we have to um, put out good content and work for causes that are bringing more good into the world. But the other half of that is how we consume too. And so I want to know how how's your relationship with social media right now? It's doing better and better. Um, I can honestly say that I've been interacting and consuming less lately and one of those reasons may be I was I was listening when my brilliant coworker Seth was talking about I ha- he said I have the solution for for the social dilemma and we were like what and, <laughs> and he was like news should not be shared on social media you should get your news from the established credible news sources and that really that really stuck with me because I think up until then that's what I was using social media for I would I would learn something I'm a, I'm a, I'm a news junkie I've always just loved news and politics and I've consumed it like crazy and I think I was like many people where I would learn something and I just wanted to share it I just wanted to immediately tell somebody else and if I can't tell somebody sitting right next to me I'm gonna put it on on the <laughs> internet and uh, I have tried to not do that actually and it's definitely changed my algorithm and you know I probably don't get as many outrageous you know outrage machine type posts politically and and all that and it's it's mellowed things out I think to where I'm trying to use social media just for the social that makes me so happy I feel like ever since Uh, fall of last year when we really started digging into social media manager mental health and the social dilemma and now focusing on social media for good. I keep hearing when I'm asking this question to all of you, I keep hearing more and more positive answers of how we're taking control of our algorithms through our actions and really managing and monitoring our intake. Um, So I feel so happy. I hope that anybody who listens to our podcast, if they take anything away from it, it's that they improve their own relationship with social media over time, meaning that they're mindful of the content they're putting in Mm -hmm. as a social media manager and they're mindful of the content that they're taking out. We've got to, we got to do it or else we're Mm going to just implode. So Mm -hmm. here we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate you as always, Chad coming on and we're going to continue this month talking about social media as a means of human connection we've got a couple of guests that we're going to have throughout the month so stay tuned Um, next week will be another sprite and then we'll have two weeks of special guest interviews so i'm looking forward to it very much so all right thank you so much chad and thank you everybody listening Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day and we hope that you keep learning we'll talk to you soon bye-bye